entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf and today with our guest host, Jay Kelly Hoey. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guys on this learning journey. To learn more about Kelly, check out her website at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. Okay, Kelly, let's get the conversation going. Hey, thanks, Marty. This is Kelly Hoey, and I am thrilled to have back on the Business Builder Show for a second interview um, is Stephanie Sperlin, Vice President Workplace Solutions at Capital One. And we're talking about Capital One's work environment survey in its third year. We're talking about the 2019 results. Um, Stephanie, welcome back. Um, what now, as I said, third year, what has surprised you in this year's surveys results? Yeah, thanks, Kelly. It's, it's great to be back. Um, so, you know, what really jumped out at this year in the survey results was you know, last uh, in last episode, we talked about really the shift from flexibility to adaptability, and that that just really surprised me that um, seeing that um, desire for a dynamic and adaptable or multifunctional workplace um, just really uh, popped to the top. And then also, though, kind of a different definition around flexibility that that people are craving for the flexibility around hours and schedules. Um, and being able to make those choices um, around how they're using their time and when and where and how they work. Um, so that that was just uh, really interesting to see that shift from a foundational element to really a more dynamic element. Um, and also, what really popped out was um, the, the thought, and it's a third year where we're seeing over half of people um, believe that design is equally important or more important than location which debunks a little bit of the traditional location, location, location for real estate. And so seeing that continued theme is just um, really um, encouraging as, you know, companies have locations in more suburban markets but are able to kind of create an urban feeling. And so um, that, that really popped out. And then I think just the desire for professionals to really be considered as a holistic associate or employee in their workplace and, and being able to support well-being in a really integrated way. That's amazing. And I was going to say for listeners, um, if you didn't listen to the first interview with Steph, go back and listen to it. We talk a lot about flexibility in there um, and adaptability in the programs. Um, but we also mentioned, and I'll mention it again, so this is a national survey. It also included local market surveys, which included San Francisco, Dallas, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and New York City. This flexibility, adaptability, this is a national trend, but you also see some interesting, I want to say, local market kind of nuances on it. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking of Dallas in particular, where, you know, a demand for flexibility was, uh, you know, kind of through the roof, which kind of makes sense given the expansion of, you know, that, that Dallas-Fort Worth, Worth area. Marty, you're, I can hear you in the background. What's, what's, what, what are you thinking? What's, 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 what's interesting you with this survey? Well, what you're hearing me is uh, writing notes on my tablet here. Uh, so, um, Steph, the idea of you're talking about the work environment, what crossed my mind and what I've been hearing and reading and, and seeing a lot of um, 
is the idea of lighting. Uh, I guess they're referring to maybe natural lighting in the work environment. Is that addressed in the survey? And, and talk to me about that. Absolutely. It is addressed in the survey. And, and that's one of the, the other fascinating um, points of the results is that for a third year in a row, natural light has popped as the most desired design element. And so this year, 50, it, it rated kind of at 58% were saying that natural light is a must-have. And, and I'd actually say that, you know, the, the survey takes it a little bit further of building a connection to accessibility to natural elements in the workplace, so natural light being one of them, um, as well as a visual connection to nature, a physical connection to nature, or even just kind of material connections to nature. Um, but, you know, I, I, I giggle because I feel like we've been talking about natural light in the workplace and opening up the window lines for 15 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and while so many environments have that, it's still really important to people to be able to, to, to at least have a line of sight to what's going on outside. Mm. Yeah, interesting. It's, it's, it's so funny because I think some of this conversation around um, design and what's innovative and what we need to give people for success, um, you know, the amenities, the perks, the, all this kind of stuff that someone could be listening to this interview and think, oh my God, like I can't do any of that. I'm a small business or my company's not making enough money. But if the number one feature is natural light, it's like, can you open up the blinds? Like, can you democratize access to light? Um, you know, that's not asking people to put in slides and ping pong tables and have personal chefs where you're saying, you know, people just want to connect with, you know, the outside world, um, and that will make them feel better, um, which yeah. might get into this other question I got for you, Steph, because this was part of the 2019 survey that was really intriguing to me. Mental health and mental health and well-being rose to the forefront. Um, why do you think that's the case? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're seeing it really emerge because people are openly talking about it. It, it is becoming um, part of the conversation and so it's, it's actually great because the way that we look at our associate base at Capital One is as kind of that well-rounded, holistic um, associate. And so we're wanting to make sure that we've got spaces to support the well-being. We've got the physical workplace and, and those different options. We have tools and then the benefits in partnership with HR. So benefits through that are the experiences that we're creating through our, our real estate teams. And so I think it's just um, more common and there's a heightened sense of awareness um, that that's great and, and making sure that, that as employers that we're able to support that for our associate base. Kelly, yes, if I could a, uh, go ahead, Marty. Yeah, go yeah ahead, just because uh, uh, we're hearing an awful lot about this too. And again, I just answered this question general, generally, the idea of uh, meditation, the idea of mindfulness, those kinds of things in the workplace that's being uh, talked a lot about too, Stephanie. It absolutely is, Marty. And I think those are part of the, the optionality to provide in the workspace. And it can be done really easily without having to, to invest large dollars. Just creating some, some dedicated spaces for mindfulness mm -hmm. and without being overly prescriptive of how the room should be used. And mm -hmm. then people can choose um, how they need to use that space to, to step away um, and, and have that flexibility to go use that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was going to say on all of this is some of this generational. I think I think you know younger generations being more vocal uh, about issues, mental health issues that we might have thought were more taboo, and that's why that's kind of pumping to the forefront. Is it this five generations as we mentioned in the first 
you know, our first interview, first episode of this two-part conversation with you, it, you know, is it is it that generational openness and influence of the it, their influence in the generation or in the workplace that's making this a conversation point? I think absolutely. You know, I think that the newer generations in the workforce, they are very socially aware um, and, and open. And what's great is it's, it's driving the conversation um, and opening the door to, to be able to do that. I was going to say, we'll get, get people, as we mentioned before uh, in our first interview, Lindsay Pollock, author of The Remix, has been a partner with you on this uh, work environment survey. And go back to our Marty and my interview with um, Lindsay on, on The Remix and this whole concept of multi-generational workforce um, and some stuff in there. Um, are there any particular tools or amenities, essentials around mental health? Marty asked you about light. Um in sort of guiding other employers, things that they should be thinking about um, as they look at their own workplaces? Yeah, I think um, some of the other design elements that really popped were, um, you know, natural light from a design element, places for rest and relaxation was number two, and that actually doubled year over year. So it it jumped from 25% to 50% this year in the survey. Um, But then we also saw really um, a pretty lengthy list of um, perks that associates and professionals desire to support well-being um, in the workplace. And so having those on-site healthy food and beverage options, um, those active break opportunities, how do you encourage movement throughout the day, Um, creating kind of those community and and social areas for some of those natural collision points um, with maybe running into folks that you typically don't work with or you don't get to see on, on a normal cadence. Um, and again, you know, fitness centers, health centers, um, and, and kind of some of the other elements we talked about, having those spaces for quiet, reflective areas, more mindfulness, um, you know, and as well as actually environmental um, and sustainability programs, right, kind of doing the right thing, kind of all of this starts to connect to that well-rounded, holistic approach. And, and people's well-being, uh, because you said it with collision points, can you talk about the um well talk about the fact that there's no individual trash cans at capital <laughs> one for the associates that is a true statement there are no trash cans uh we were a very popular team when we took them away um but actually folks the <laughs> folks got on board really really quickly um so we do we part of our sustainability efforts is, it is centralized trash and the way we were able to do that is by centralizing trash and recycle, um, shred and composting in our um, locations, our office buildings, you know, there's a couple benefits. One, it really supports the sustainability. And so people are being able to choose simultaneously, like where things need to go. And we've got, you know, signs and boxes with examples to help educate kind of what, what, what goes in which bucket, if you will. Um, but some of the, the unintended benefits is by Driving people to, to go throw away your trash, that's just creating movement throughout your day. Um, and, and think about it. When you're at home, um, maybe, Kelly, you have a trash receptacle by your recliner in your TV room. I, if you do, I don't want to <laughs> knock that. But most of us don't, right? That, that kind of more residential, how we, we live life outside of work um, is if we've got to throw away something and we're watching TV, we're going to pop into the kitchen or wherever our trash can is. And, and it, it, there it creates that same movement. So a lot of it is a reflection of how we're living our lives outside of the four walls of the office building um, and, and bringing that in as well. I'm, 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 yeah, no, there's, there's no trash can beside my <laughs> recliner. 
So I, 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 I assure you, and, if there was. And, and, you know, and just listening to that, you know, and, and, and for listeners, um, you know, if you're worried about creating more collaboration, if you're, you know, where are those water cooler moments, you know, get centralize the trash. Here's a really simple, um, innovative, you know, improvement in your work environment. If you want to get people working and, and meeting each other and, and moving around. So if they are feeling like they're chained to their desk, um, that's a, that's a great way. And let me remind listeners, there is a link to Capital One's 2019 work environment survey in the show notes. I encourage you to take a look at that report. There's some really, really interesting findings, uh, both on a national level and in five uh, major markets. Um, I'm sure some other employers think, oh, that's nice, Kelly. I don't think employees are going to think removing the trash can is innovative or a perk, but let's talk about perks. What are the per- top perks that employees want? Well, top perks that they want. They want healthy food on site. Um, they are wanting those active break opportunities. And so that, um, you know, may be the, a walking trail or just that a treadmill desk, or maybe there's a bike share program, whether it's kind of in the community where your office space is or um, the company is able to provide that. Um, you know, some, some of the other um, environmental aspects or benefits that, that we saw emerge in the survey, and, and I think we've spent a little bit of time talking about that, is um, talent wants flexible schedules. We saw this year 81% of people wanted flexible schedules as one of those number one benefits. Um, and then kind of looking at technology and health amenities um, as well being other um, really important dimensions to their workday. Yeah, it's, it's sort of funny thinking about, hey, I want to I want to be productive, and here's a different way for me to do my work. It's it's sort of funny thinking that as a perk, because I think when we think perks, we think, you know, well, maybe I'll, I'll speak from a New York perspective, and having worked in big firms, it was, you know, yeah. um, we got, you know, museum passes and, you know, things like that. But perks, you know, people are just saying, hey, give me something that will allow me to be more productive. Um, and I've just said for any employees who are listening, having myself negotiated a alternative work schedule is, you know, think about how your work is done um, and and how you serve your clients and how you collaborate with your coworkers and, you know, design and pitch a work, you know, a, a flexible work schedule, you know, that has that as its core. Um, you know, you might get might get what you want if your if your company already doesn't have one. Um, and some of these perks, this is lead into this, Stephanie, some of these perks, these are these are things that employers should be thinking about because it's going to help them retain talent. Um, there was some stuff in that in the in the survey this year. Can you talk about what are the workplace environment aspects that help keep talent? Because keeping good talent is I got a big top on every employer's list of things. Absolutely, um, because talent is great out there, and, and to be able to recruit and then retain them is paramount. And so those, you know, we saw again, 81% of the flexible schedules really rose to the top of um, a, a way to be able to retain talent. Um, we also saw 40% of folks want health amenities, and I think we kind of dissected those a little bit ago of what those entailed. Um, and then we also saw just kind of having those technology tools available. 31% of folks wanted the technology tools um, available to them. So whether that's digital signage or wayfinding, helping to navigate through the space or collaboration tools, you know, video conferencing or Zoom or 
Um, even just having the ability from a mobility of, of laptops and smartphones to support the mobility throughout the day. Um, and then also what was interesting is that um, that commuting assistance, 32% of the respondents felt that commuting assistance was important. And I think that dovetails nicely into that desire for flexibility and recognizing that commuting patterns, and especially in these major markets, look very different. And so how can we support folks to do what they need to do and, and when and where? Judge. Yeah, because I'm looking. Yeah, I'm just gonna, before you jump in, Marnie, because I'm, you know, again, remind people that this is a national survey looking at, but there's also individual surveys uh, or survey markets: San Francisco, Dallas, Chicago, Washington D.C., and New York City. And you know, I look at the list, and I'm, you know, well, D.C. does have a a, a subway and uh, you know stuff, but I'm like, okay, out of those lists, you know, my New York bias. New York's got, you know some decent public transit. I mean, commuting assistance doesn't surprise me with some of these other markets where, you know, there's, I've been to Dallas. I've been out to your offices in Plano. Right. That's a, that's a drive. <laughs> it's a lovely drive. It's the way that, you know, gear up for the day. There you go. You relax on the, on the trip. Right. You like, relax. Remember my New York bias of take, walking and taking the subway. I'm like, that's right. Crazy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's causing, it's, a, it's a creating a natural element of rest and relaxation for you before you get to the office. There you go. There you go. They can listen to this podcast. There we go. What are you going to say? <laughs> well, we alluded to it earlier. The idea that, um, I, I guess this is more for younger people. I don't know. Your survey may have addressed this, but how important it is to these folks in terms of recruiting and retaining talent is that they want to do work that matters. They want to do work that matters for their community, to for the world. Uh, the, like the trash can idea is is important. That's they they want to do work that matters beyond making profit for the company. Profit is part of the bottom line, the tr- triple bottom line. But doing work that matters, it it, it makes a difference, does it not? It, it absolutely does. And, and I think, you know, wh- while people are the heart of our company and of companies, um, when you are in a, a consumer industry, ultimately everything that we do is to support our customer base. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think creating the environments that allow people to care about the work with that customer in mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. Um, is, is really what helps differentiate. Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking and knowing knowing so many good folks at Capital One, I'm going to have to – some of them who are creating some of the consumer products, I'm going to have to bug them to come on the Business Builder Show can we, so we can talk about right, how, how do they devise, devise these and create um, these innovative, um, I'm going to say, consumer tools, uh, banking tools um, with all of that in mind. Um, Steph, you know, as we wind down this second interview um, – Let's. Um, you talked about this before. Design Trump's location, according to the survey, and I think that's really interesting. Because as your basis of of part of what you do and your team does is real estate, and with real estate, it's always been, as you said, location, location, location. Um, so, so if I was an employer listening to this conversation, what are design features that companies should be? investing in and you know i'm happy with the uh, the mundane to you know the ridiculous of of things that someone could do to improve their office design to make it more uh in line with what employees are seeking based on your survey yeah you know those those design elements that we talked about um again natural light uh, he, i mean you, you you hit the nail on the head just open the blinds um and if you've got the opportunity to to you know 
go a little bit further and, and pull you know, some of the hard wall structures off of the window line to really create the environment where the majority of the people have access to that, that's great. But it doesn't necessarily have to be done in a construction way, right? You can, um, you can just creating visual connectivity or even just the, the physical access. So encouraging people to go outside um, and walk around the building and, and having programs. You know, one of the neat elements is more behavioral than an actual design is um, in our company, people will do walking 1010s. And 1010s and is a, a way that we talk about just checking in with either a colleague or your boss or a subordinate. Um, and you'll see people doing walking 1010s because, and they're just walking around the building. Um, and it's a way to, to create movement, but still have a meeting. And so I think there's, there are design elements and then there are behavioral aspects as well. Um, other things that uh, professionals want to see, they want to see that space for rest and relaxation. You know, like we said, that doubled this year as really um, an important design element. Um, individual work areas other than traditional workstations. We recognize that there are absolutely times throughout a day that you've got to have that heads down focused space or you need to take a private phone call. And so providing those more remote areas to drive people into those phone booths or kind of little library zones that are more of that heads down space. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the integration of that natural or the organic, um, the elements and the materials um, into the workplace. And then things that just kind of continue to really, um, I think, make it vibrant are, are bold colors, um, the, the reconfigurability of space for creating kind of multi-purpose um, uses, collaborative spaces, you know, people are coming together real time. Um, and, and the artwork and the creative imagery, creating and, and capturing the personality of the team or your company in your workspace um, really creates a sense of ownership. I was going to say collaborative spaces. I mean, having uh, go back to again, having worked in a big, you know, law firm, you know, trying to get a conference room and schedule mm -hmm. those things could, you know, be enough to make you want to light your hair on fire. But, you know, if there had been, you know, more places where you could, hey, let's go and have a meeting, you know, multi, I would say rooms that could be used for multiple purposes rather than, oh, you have to have it in, you know, in a, in a conference room um, could have been much more collaborative um, and much more, you know, collegial um, having done right. that. Um, you know, and I was just even, thinking it, um, just kind of in that, I mean, it's simple, right? Because a lot of those are hard-walled solutions, but throw a couple, you know, big recliner chairs in an unused space and you've created a collaborative area um, and, and you're, you're optimizing space that may not have been used for something else. Yeah, I was just going to hit on that too with with your this other you know the the people craving individual work areas. That doesn't mean an, a desk or a cubicle. And I know that you've done some fun things with what otherwise would have been wasted space. Um, you know, and I sort of say that you know because it was like a funny corner or a little piece mm -hmm. of something here where, where you could, you know, stick. Uh, you know, a comfortable chair or a nook for someone to curl in with with their with their laptop. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we, we saw in the survey that, you know, 77% of professionals say that they perform better when they have um, that collaboration space and 88% of the folks say that it's um, also to have that space for focus. And I think, you know, what that really signals is that finding that right balance between space types to support all of the work styles. But you're absolutely right, Kelly. It's, it's finding those kind of Easter eggs, if you will, in, in the, the workspace or in the environment or just watching behaviors. So if people mm -hmm. are taking phone calls and stairwells, they need privacy. Well, hey, let's put, provide some phone booths that um, they can then uh, use that space differently or kind of, the you know, floor plates have odd little kind of 
points and nooks and crannies. And so creating space that will become destination space so people can um, choose how they work. So cool. Marty, you got any other thoughts? Uh, wow, just a great information. I think we hit so many great points. It's so valuable for all our listeners, Kelly. Oh, so, Stephanie, I want to thank you again for not coming on the Business Builders this time, but coming on twice to talk to us about, uh, well, first of all, your role as Vice President Workplace Solutions at Capital One, but really diving into this 2019 Work Environment Survey. There's all sorts of juicy stuff in here. Um, that we have not even dived into. So for all of our listeners, there is a link in the show notes to the survey um, and there is a national aspect to it. Also, some really cool market-specific findings with respect to Chicago, Dallas, District of Columbia, New York City, and San Francisco. So if you're in any of those markets, you really want to dive in and and see what's going on and what employees are really seeking in your particular market. Uh, Steph, thank you again and um, promise us you'll come back sometime in the future future on the Business Builder Show. Thanks so much. I'd love to return. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builder Show. To learn more about me and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And of course, you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. A reminder, you can find all our Business Builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. 